Welcome to High Energy Health, where together we explore the leading edge of wellness and happiness. I'm your host, Dawson Church. By choosing this time together, you're declaring your commitment to a positive mindset, elevated emotions, and a great life. Thanks for joining me for today's episode. Hello and welcome to High Energy Health. My name is Dawson Church and each week I bring you another episode in the series. It's such a pleasure to investigate these topics and chat with scientists, with researchers, with people who are professional clinicians working with others in the field, people who are developing the theories and the insights that are going to guide wellness and well-being for the next generation. And we are at the most exciting moment imaginable in terms of where we are in the development of these fields, because we have both ancient techniques that we draw from. Like there are now over 13,000 studies of acupuncture, 13,000 studies of acupuncture, showing that it is effective for an enormous range of conditions. And there is evidence showing that acupuncture points were known by human beings 6,000 years ago, not just in the East, but also in the West. So we have these ancient techniques, and we now have ways of analyzing them using modern equipment and methodologies. And so as we Put the lens of science on these ancient techniques we're discovering that they're often remarkably effective and we can validate them using modern research tools. So you now get the best in your own health and well-being for your own, both your psychological and your physiological well-being. You get the best of all possible worlds and you'll hear about it all on our high energy health program. So if you're tuning in for the first time, you'll see we have over 100 episodes live. Make High Energy Health a part of your week. We release one new episode a week, and there is this treasure trove of back programs listened to, and they will inspire you. They will give you insights into your own well-being. And what I want you to do with each one is also see how you can apply it practically to your life. I recommend you listen with a pen and paper or a recording device. Maybe you're recording this on your cell phone or your iPad or your laptop, and then take notes and apply these things to your life. I know when I listen to an inspiring speaker, when I'm listening to an inspiring program, I'm taking notes and then thinking, how can I translate these ideas into an action plan? Each episode of High Energy Health, ask yourself that question. How do I translate that into meaningful action applied in my life as leverage over my own health and well-being. It can make a huge difference to you, and you'll find that you are able to dramatically improve your levels of both physical and psychological health as you apply these ideas. So make high energy health part of your week, apply those ideas, and see what possibilities might emerge for you that might be much, much greater than those you currently experience. Make high energy health part of your life, and it's a delight to share these ideas with you. It's especially a delight for me today to share the work of Amit Goswami, and he has been a guest on our program several times before. 
He is a professor emeritus of physics at the University of Oregon, and he taught there from the late 1960s to the late 1990s, and he's a renowned pioneer in the new paradigm of quantum science based on consciousness, based on this whole emerging field of consciousness, and has co-authored a book called Quantum Integrative Medicine with Valentina Onisor, MD. She is a practicing physician and a pioneer in this new field of quantum integrative medicine. I mean, it is a delight to connect with you again in this way. Welcome. Thank you. It's always good to be with you, Dustin. So you have been exploring this field now for quite a number of years, actually decades, and and looking at how to apply the insights of quantum science to, to medicine. What first gave you the idea of moving in that direction and illuminating medicine from the perspective of both consciousness and quantum physics? Well, I was at a conference with Dalai Lama in Dharamsala, India, and Dalai Lama challenged who are presenters of new ideas that, okay, ideas are good, but you have to apply it to society. What good are ideas if human beings don't benefit from it? So coincidentally, at the same time, I was asked by Beverly Rubik, a fellow consciousness researcher like me, to write something applying the emerging theory that I was building of quantum science based on primacy of consciousness. And she herself is a biophysicist and inclined to write on health and healing. So I took it as a challenge to write something on health and healing. That's how it all started. (laughs) (laughs) And so initially you didn't know how those fields would converge, but then you began to explore them and come up with your first ideas? Yeah, often that happens. I mean, the, the thing is that quantum physics makes it possible to introduce consciousness in science. And uh, once consciousness is introduced, since quantum physics is the basis of biology, consciousness naturally enters biology, human physiology, and then a natural extension is to human health. And so that idea should have come to me almost immediately. But as I said, took a few years. But nevertheless, as soon as I applied myself to developing that idea, things happened. Like, you know, within months of that, I was invited by Deepak Chopra to meet him. And so there I was introduced by his to his work on Ayurveda. And that's the prime alternative medicine. You mentioned traditional Chinese, but traditional Indian medicine is called Ayurveda. It's also very well known and very much applied to human ailments today. And then I met uh, Qigong masters who taught me about Chinese medicine. So one thing led to another. I never met any homeopathy experts at that time, but I was myself very much interested because, uh, you know, in early childhood, I had all over my body very ugly works. And these works are just not quick. I tried all kinds of things. And then Somebody took me to a homeopath and he prescribed this medicine, puja. And miraculously, within two days, the words just fell off one by one from my body. So ever since, I have been myself using homeopathy a lot in uh, healing. So this is something that I was very happy to do, find the explanation of how homeopathy works, how acupuncture works, how all the uh, traditional Chinese medicine and Indian medicine and even modern homeopathy and mind-body medicine, all that could be put together in a joint integrative umbrella. So I wrote a book 
called Quantum Doctor in about 2004, I think. And Valentina joined me about seven years ago. And since she is a doctor, she added additional knowledge. And together, we did additional research and many new things have happened. That's what led to the new book, Quantum Integrative Medicine, where we are very happy to say that now, if Quantum Doctor was a start, this is sort of puts a lot of finishing touch on the project of integrating the various forces of medicine, alternative and conventional. So before we look at that structure and how all of these different methods are tied together by consciousness and healing, just give us a few examples of how consciousness does show up in healing in layperson's terms. So here I am, I'm just the, the average person, I'm interested in this material, and I'm wondering how consciousness shows up in health. Just give us a few examples of how I might notice that in my health journey, in my daily life. Well, the basic idea, that new idea that we introduce is that it's already around. The people call it holistic medicine. We not, don't have just a material body, but we also have a vital body, a mental body, even a body that we sometimes refer to as soul. And of course, spirit, that is also part of us. So we say in quantum science that we have five bodies, physical, vital, mental, soul, and spirit. And we have to take care of all five bodies because disease can occur at all five bodies. A physical ailment could be originated in the mind. Mind can find wrong meaning to an emotional stress. And that emotional stress, after repetition, 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 block vitality in us. And that blockage of vitality again, after repetition, 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 can become a physical ailment. In other words, physical organs, physiology of physical organs are connected to a vital body. It's affected by a vital body. And so this vital body, mental body is again connected to the vital body. So these effects on each other, Chinese noticed long ago, Indians noticed long ago, but in modern medicine, because of the idea of everything is matter, discarded all those earlier medicines and they concentrated only on material construction or material way of doing things like surgery and radiation, that's okay. But mainly it's a drug-related field. Drugs are the supreme healer and that's just molecules. That has, of course, some successes, but the success is more publicized than it actually is. If you look at the actual success, the success comes from really hygiene. That's a definite contribution. Part of the success is a beautiful idea, very much like homeopathy, vaccine, and then, of course, antibiotics. That has contributed greatly. But other than that, successes are very few. Although recently, some attempts are being made in stuff like gene therapy, which is notable. But the chronic disease, which is the main disease that human beings face, you know, 75 to 80 percent of the health expense every year in the United States goes towards elderly. And elderly suffer mainly from chronic disease. And this chronic disease cannot be cured by any allopathic procedure. It can be cured. The physical symptoms can be cured temporarily, but they come back because the disease is not at the physical level. Disease are at the level of what is beyond the physical physiology. Physiology is caused by the vital. You can think of as vital software acting on physical hardware is how physiology comes about. So then if the physiology, wrong physiology can be caused by vital energy block. And 
Vital energy block can be caused by wrong mental meaning. This is where lifestyle comes in. So, for example, I'll be the biggest example of mind-body medicine. Love, if you don't love, if you don't have love in your life, then immune system, which is connected with love, immune system function goes all right. And this immune system function going all right causes us all those immune system malfunction disease, like heart disease, like cancer, autoimmune disease, so many of them. So in this way, having an explanation of how immune system goes awry because of vital energy block in the domain of the heart, this region, the heart region has organs like thymus gland, immune system, and also the heart, and how their function are affected by love. Love is a crucial element of making the heart healthy. Heart becomes quantum in the presence of love, in other words. <laughs> I love that. The heart becomes quantum in the presence of love. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, it is just, just absolutely true. And because of this coherence in the heart, quantum coherence in the heart, we have the capacity to love. So when you close off love, then we are not using quantum heart anymore. And when you don't use quantum heart, immune system gets the brunt of it, immune system becomes malfunctional. Yeah, I've done a number of studies where we measure immunoglobulins. I think it's easy to measure. They're, these are Y-shaped molecules. They bind with coronaviruses, and they're in all of your immunoglobulins are in your eyes, in your mucous membranes, all throughout your gut. And we found that just doing energy work, shifting psychology, can have a dramatic effect on the level of these immune markers. I mean, in one of my studies published in the Journal of Integrative Medicine, findings were that levels of immunoglobulins doubled, more than doubled, in a single week of meditation and and trauma release. People will shift their psychology, producing massive shifts in, first of all, their cortisol was dropping a lot, their heart rate was reducing, their blood pressure was going down significantly, and then their immune function just skyrocketed when they did that. And we were just so surprised to get to see that finding. It was like, I mean, we were interested in a 5% rise in immunoglobulins or 10% rise, but the rise was 113% in a week as people were applying these energy medicine techniques. So, that study just really, really rocked my world and I think really rocked the worlds of a lot of people to show the, the influence on our physical bodies are these seemingly intangible things. We're, we're talking molecular change, measurable molecular change as a result of energy intervention. So for anybody who thinks that energy is immaterial or energy is ephemeral or energy is, is you know, that's that vital force is a vague concept you're talking about, you can measure its effect on those physical molecules of the body. Exactly. The effect can be measured by the effects like you described. The effect can also be measured directly because we have a bioelectric field. And these vital energies, they affect the bioelectric field. So you can even measure this by taking a photograph of the bioelectric field. These photographs are Carlian photographs. Carlian is the name of the scientist. It's a Carlian couple who discovered Carlian photography. So these Carlian photographies are helping people to diagnose problems with the emotional life of the person, and then we can correct it. We can correct it, and that takes care of real healing, not just taking care of the symptoms, because you are removing the defects in the software behind the wrong physiology. <laughs> I love that analogy of software and hardware, because I was about to ask you that question, uh, what is the vital force? But when you categorize it as software and hardware, that's a really good analogy to use in terms of those five bodies and those five levels of healing. 
And so you shift the software and then the hardware runs very differently. We're going to go to a break right now, but please stay tuned. You're listening to High Energy Health. My guest today is Amit Goswami. Please check out his book, Quantum Integrative Medicine. We'll be right back after a break. Hello and welcome back to High Energy Health. My name is Dawson Church and each week on the show, I bring you the leading edge of health, happiness and healing. Make sure you listen with pen in hand or device in hand, make notes and also think about how to apply these insights to your life. My guest today is Amit Goswami. His website is Amit, A-M-I-T, Goswami, G-O-S-W-A-M-I, org, and his new book is called Quantum Integrative Medicine, co-authored along with Valentina Anasor, MD. Amit, one of the, I think, reasons that the biomedical model has tended so toward physiology and material interventions is those successes of things like antibiotics. So a century ago, these diseases like influenza and typhoid, dysentery, these were killing millions of people. Uh, there was a famous paper published in, in the New York Times in the early part of the century showing that this is during the, the height of World War I that showed that the mortality rate of children from mainly typhoid in New York City was greater than the mortality rate of troops fighting on the Western Front in World War I. And so there was this enormous public health problem we'd faced, of course, for thousands of years with, you know, half the population of Europe dying during the bubonic plague, the Black Death, and we had infectious diseases with us all the way through the 18th, 19th, early 19th, and early 20th century. And then suddenly, we had sanitation, we had public health, we had antibiotics, and polio went away, and typhoid went away, and dysentery, and no one even knows what cholera is anymore. I think that was, that was a, a powerful public good. But it also set Western medicine so firmly on the path of material interventions that we forgot about energy and that, that vital force that you mentioned earlier. And now we're left struggling to try and apply these biomedical models to things like chronic disease that they don't really fit well for and aren't really effective for. Yeah, this was, this was very sad because, you know, the belief became all of a sudden that hardware is everything. Physiology is about functions. Physiology means that the organs are different. They have different functions, different physiology. And how do they do that? Because all organs are built from the same cell, same zygote. That's how we originate. Embryo, single-celled embryo. That embryo divides and becomes different organs. But these different organs, same cells, they are different looking. Of course, the form is different, but the real difference of the organs is function. But how do they function so differently? Because they have the same genes, same capacity to make all the proteins. Genes have the, all the necessary knowledge, the program for making proteins. Every cell of every organ has the same genes. So why are organs functioning in a different way? This problem cannot be solved without the idea of software. Hardware is not enough. The genes are not enough. 
something is turning on some genes in some organs and not other genes in that organ. Thinking genes are not part of liver. Liver genes give bile to the stomach so that we can digest food. Those genes are making proteins that enables us to work, but not think. This differentiation requires a different kind of field. And indeed, to their credit, biologists have discovered that the instruction for which genes will be activated in which organ, they don't come from the nuclear genes. They are epigenetic. And this idea, this epigenetic plus the fact that the body works in a very non-local way, not with local signals to communicate because that takes too long. Bodies, different organs work in a pretty synchronized way as if they can all hear each other at the same time. That requires the concept of quantum concept of non-locality, signal-less communication. So these two ideas together, that we need epigenetic software plus non-locality gives us the solid idea that we must introduce the concept of non-physical entities in biology. It cannot be only physical entities, only molecular entities, it must be also entities which are entities of consciousness, subtle entities, non-physical, like consciousness. So consciousness, how, does that, how does that work? What does that look like in, in terms of biological function? So uh, these then are correlates of biological molecules, quantum aspects. So biology indeed has the molecules. The genes are important, but the genes simultaneously are correlated with a field that to partial named morphogenetic field that we have adapted. These morphogenetic fields constitute the vital software. So vital software turns on the physiology of the gene, which genes will be activated in a particular organ. So when, for example, the immune system job is to defend ourselves, and when the immune system goes bad, what is wrong is the vital software behind the immune system, not just the genetic aspect. So what is the, how do we experience this vital software? That's where feeling comes in. So just look at the simple heart because that has so many consequences. Let's look at that in some detail. So the heart has two, hearts, this region is called chakra in Indian psychology. So this chakra has two important organs. One is the heart on the left and the other is the immune system somewhat at the center in the form of the thymus gland. And the job of the thymus gland is to decide me or not me. It finds the intruder molecules of the body and destroys them. That's the job of the immune system, most important job of the immune system. It defends our body against an intruder. Okay. So now let's look at love from that point of view. There is no love at this stage of the immune system. If there's anybody, if a stranger, the object would be to defend against it. So naturally, the mental feeling, vital plus the mental thinking that we get is I must defend against a stranger. That's the immune system job. That is what is producing the mental thought and that is also producing the feeling of defensiveness against a stranger. But of course, people do fall in love with each other. What's happening then? What happens is that the immune system, thymus gland, suspends themselves. So people decide with, that they will be vulnerable to this particular people. In this particular relationship, they won't be defensive. Only when we give up the defensiveness, when we become vulnerable, 
then something very interesting happens, which is actually a butterfly-like effect. You know, butterflies, that caterpillars and butterflies have the same genes, but a different set of genes makes the caterpillar, an entirely different set of genes makes the butterfly. How does this change happen? It's the quantum leap of one set of software to another set of software. Same thing happens to the heart. Human heart literally goes into a new physiology, a more healthy physiology, of which the characteristic is that the software is experienced by us, not with a feeling of defensiveness, but with a feeling of love. This is why when we love, then this new software, this new physiology takes over and our health is so much better. The immune system health is so much better. Whereas, you know, what I'm thinking of is the studies of Tibetan monks, especially, and Franciscan nuns and other people who have intense contemplative lives and live the life of consciousness and then have these spiritual practices that support that. And one of the things we find about them and also lay people who use those practices is that their sense of self expands. So initially it's me, then maybe it's me and my family. And these people tend to have a sense of self that's all inclusive. And the boundaries between self and other then start to dissolve. And people literally see themselves as the world in these elevated states of consciousness they attain. They literally see themselves as, as one. And they're as the one with one consciousness, they're one with all of consciousness, all of being, and they no longer have any kind of sense of, of their own individual boundaries. Not only that, the, the mid-prefrontal cortex, which is the seat of self, just shuts down. It's just amazing to look at MRI scans of people in those states and that seat of self right here in the middle of our forehead, that mid-prefrontal cortex, it just goes dark. And so they're, they're literally having these floods of, of connected hormones like oxytocin, but they're not linked to any sense of it being an individual self, they are part of this, all it is. And you then again see those rises in these molecules like immunoglobulins. So it's just remarkable how this shows up in physiology when we're having these spiritual experiences that are showing up in the way our bodies work. Yeah, this is really so beautiful. The physiology, which is very physical effect, but the change behind it has been produced by the new software, biological software, which you feel as love, as an expansion of consciousness. We also feel happiness at the same time. Look at how much the effect is distributed. On one side, on the macro side, on the relationship side, it's a feeling of expansion of consciousness that holds together families, holds together people in conjugal relationships, in love, holds together entire societies. At the same time, at the personal physiological level, that same physiology, uh, same software is connected with the physiology, which is then contributing to a healthier physiology, healthier immune system, healthier heart. And if we anything goes awry at any level, so if, if your happiness level is disturbed, that will disturb the software level, that will disturb the hardware level eventually, if that uh, completely ruined the physiological equilibrium that we had and we start contracting various immune system and heart diseases. Yeah, and you know what I look at too sometimes is, of course, those things are happening as our consciousness shifts day by day. But what's really interesting is to look at the effects of, of consciousness shifts cumulatively in aging studies. 
And they show, for example, that people have an optimistic frame of reference that see the world. There's a wonderful phrase that I've heard called pro-noia. Rather than paranoia, being afraid of what the bad stuff, you expect everything to work out well, pro-noia. And so people who live with that optimistic frame of mind and that state of pro-noia, they, on average, I mean, the, the epidemiological studies are absolutely stunning. They live in an average of 10 years longer. I mean, cumulatively, it's making a difference of a decade in <laughs> their lifespan and health spans. So what that means for us is that we can live much longer, much healthier, much happier lives as we apply these ideas. These are not abstract ideas that Amit and I are sharing with you, you today. These are things that as you do them, cumulatively, you may not notice it in the first day or two, but certainly over the course of a few months, you're likely to. And then over the course of years, it has a dramatic effect on the your your ultimate health outcome. We're going to go to a break right now, but please stay tuned. You're listening to High Energy Health. Go to AmitGoswami.org for more about Amit's work and his newest book, Quantum Integrative Medicine. We'll be right back after a break. Hello and welcome back to High Energy Health. I am your always enthusiastic host. I love sharing with you about these exciting new breakthroughs and they have such relevance to our health and well-being. Apply these ideas, they can make a big difference to yours. For more about Amit, go to his website, amitgoswami.org and also his new book, Quantum Integrative Medicine, applies these ideas of quantum physics to healing and medicine. I mean, you mentioned at the very beginning that homeopathy is one way in which we see the effects of consciousness on physical healing. I'd love to have you share a little bit about the theory of why that is, and also a couple of case histories of people who applied this to their lives and saw their diseases shift. Yes, both, both of these are fascinating. So, you know, the homeopathy, of course, I gave my own example, you know, how words fell off with this medicine, Tuja. But what is so surprising about that? Most of the listeners of this program, I'm sure, have taken homeopathy in some time or other. You take what is very much like four sugar pills. Uh, the medicinal substance is in the form of water-alcohol mixture, which is soaked, the sugar pills are soaked in that. So you are actually taking the medicinal substance in the form of a water-alcohol mixture. Alcohol is trivial. It's the water which holds the memory of the vital software that was collected from a poisonous substance, usually, for homeopathy. It's an amazing thing. How is the poison part eliminated? That is the story that is very, creates a tremendous mystery. Poison is eliminated by diluting. So you put one part of the medicinal substance, the poison, into 10 parts of, nine parts of water-alcohol mixture. You shake it so that some of the vital energy, but not the poison, of the medicinal substance is taken up by water. By shaking it, the water correlates with the vital energy. And this procedure is now continued. One part of that is put in nine parts of water-alcohol mixture again and again. When that is done 30 times, then you get 
what is called thuja 30, 30 times diluted. But that dilution has, if there were 100 molecules, it will be 10 to the minus 30 of 100 molecules. So actually we have in a thimble full of substance, something like 10 to the power 24 molecules. So you dilute it 30 times, 10 to the minus 30 times 10 to the 24 is 10 to the minus six molecules, no molecules at all. So you have virtually gotten rid of all the substances, then what is healing the person? And the homeopathic doctors say that it's the vital energy that is healing the person. Okay, and quantum physics is showing us how that is by this top software, vital software concept. So this amazing thing, this amazing theory is such a direct proof of the potency of vital energy. So, you know, I told a student of mine, we have a university now, we teach these things, quantum integrative medicine. So a student, Katya, in Portugal, she did an experiment, can we extract good vital energy from a uh, orange, a fruit? You extract the vital energy, then one does not have to eat the orange. Vital energy itself will provide the nourishment that the orange gives. So she proved this idea, and indeed, one can also do that. Imagine this, how much effect that will have on diet, really. I mean, wants to eat all this stuff, but of course cannot eat because of the amount of weight increase that will take place. But can we eat the essential substance of all this that we want to eat? Yes, we can. We don't have to eat that anymore. We can put the essence and put the essence in relatively little amount of food. And then we are getting all the nourishment for all those foods that we should eat, but we cannot eat because it will increase the weight. <laughs> so <laughs> that we can get, it, it, it's just enormous. I mean, we can really put ourselves in a nutritive regime without eating so much. Yeah, you know, I've used it myself a few times as well when I just wanted to be in a certain space, but he, he, healing space. Just for example, I used to have arthritis about 10 years ago, and I thought, well, you know, I'm, I'm in my 50s, I have arthritis in my one knee, I can't walk very well. Then I thought, you know, I used to not have arthritis in this knee. So let's go ahead and recruit the energy of that, uh, that knee without arthritis. And so I would tune into that energy over and over and over again. My knee would be hurting. I couldn't walk. And I'd say, knee, you used to not have arthritis. You know how to do your job without arthritis. And within about three months, the arthritis was gone and never returned. So so interesting to just be able to tune into the energy of that thing. Again, no mm -hmm. physical intervention and, and feel it shift. Now, I want to also cover the the big picture theories you have in, in quantum integrative medicine because you, of course, are tying together all of these ancient healing systems that are focused on that vitality element, the software, and showing how they're all um, expressions of using consciousness for healing and um, this underlying theory that consciousness ties together these disparate systems, Ayurveda and acupuncture, chakras, energy medicine, and so on. And what is what is that that big picture theory that you present in this book? The big picture is that the basic healing involves keeping a body healthy, involves one thing that we miss. It involves really creativity because the software is not just maintenance of the same thing. Software has to also have the ability of making changes. 
changes happen because of all kinds of changes happen even because change of season from winter to summer it's really a different environment puts us under different kind of stress and of course present day the main source of all this chronic disease that we mentioned is emotional stress and the emotional stress requires the physiology to adjust to those emotional stress and that requires creativity of the software that requires consciousness to apply the creativity so this idea of being creativity that requires consciousness into the arena of health and healing is the main contribution of quantum integrative medicine and it shows no better than in the case of repeated cases of quantum healing that people have found evidence for i directly was told by physician richard moss who had a case richard moss gets transformational workshops he is a doctor he is a doctor that he went into um, transformational psychology and became a guru so people come to him i actually met him in such a transformational workshop i was taking for myself this was a long time ago and he described the case of this young woman who had terminal cancer people gave up on her and she comes to richard because in richard's workshops uh, there are a lot of cases where people get healed so she wanted to whatever i got to lose kind of ways she ended up in that workshop so 10 day seven days so she is very lethargic and richard is constantly prodding her to get into the work because otherwise how will she heal but she is body is not cooperating i mean you know terminal cancer finally richard kind of coaxes her into getting agitated okay i'll show you i can do this so she gets up and it was a dancing exercise she starts dancing and she dances and she dances and starts feeling good and so she dances continue dancing so when the exercise ended she is feeling very good so they all retired they go to sleep but the following morning she feels so good that she comes to uh, richard moss again and says that i'm feeling so good maybe i'm healed so richard takes it seriously and sends her to an oncologist tests her med and she is healed <laughs> it's a clear cut case of how the healing intention plus a quantum leap can cause you to spontaneously heal what is happening is is very clear some sort of sadness was suppressing love in her heart and what happened was after all with all these challenges she got into dancing and that released the sadness you know sometimes that happens with dances such as spontaneous experience we say quantum leap and ego dances together and in that joy in that explosion of joy the heart opened and the immune system got healed in such a quickness that the entire tumor was killed overnight and so yeah. system and also you see this in terms of um, studies of, of people who are in long term relationships people who are married in in long term relationships and the early research in the 60s and 70s showed that especially men who are in long term marriages live longer than men who are uh, single but the more recent research that has has really filtered out these results and it shows that men who are in really happy marriages live a lot longer and actually men who are in unhappy marriages live less time average 
they live longer. But the when you get into the detail of the quality of relationship, those who are really living in love live a great deal longer. And those that are living in, in toxic marriages actually live less less long than than their counterparts. So in 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 ways like that, you see that the effect of emotion, the effect of love, the effect of connection is having a dramatic effect on things like wellness and longevity. We need to go to a break right now, but please stay tuned. You're listening to High Energy Health. We'll be right back in a moment. Hello and welcome back to High Energy Health. My name is Dawson Church. My guest today is Amit Goswami. Please visit his website, amitgoswami.org. His new book is Quantum Integrative Medicine, co-authored with Valentina Adesor, MD. And it's an exciting vision of how you can apply consciousness and the principles of quantum physics to healing and your own well-being. So let's look now in our last part of our time together, Amit, about these great systems of medicine, India, China, uh, traditional medicines that relied on that software to heal the body and what they have in common, how consciousness ties them all together. Initial thinking of everyone is that TCM, traditional Chinese medicine, is very different from Ayurveda. Not true at all. If you separate out the acupuncture, which is a different story, acupuncture is the creative intervention in a disease. How? Because when we find a point in the body where the meridians are and we poke there, what happens is that we are not controlling anything. We are just putting a monkey wrench in whatever is the, causing the block, hoping that the block will be cleared up because the Consciousness that collapses quantum possibilities into actuality is creative consciousness. So consciousness sees an opportunity and it will heal. So it is the body wisdom. You can, you know, physicians sometimes call it body wisdom because there is that, that placebo effect where body wisdom shows up in a similar way. So that's how acupuncture works. But Ayurveda mainly is the herbal medicine. So is traditional Chinese medicine. What we have done in the book, Quantum Integrative Medicine, we have shown that the language of the two systems can be completely integrated. There's no reason anymore to think of them separately. So we now call, okay, so we have acupuncture, we have herbal medicine, we have homeopathy, we have mind-body medicine. These are the principal systems of medicine in uh, to consider. And of course, herbal homeopathy is Western, a Western. And, 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 and the other thing that I want to mention that we didn't mention before is that there is a factor here, even after allopathy, uh, takes care of the physical sy system, physical symptoms that we forget. The software still may not be healed. So the software healing, one should actually supplement every allopathic treatment with subsequent treatment to fix the software. Otherwise, the disease will come back. This has been very much in evidence in the case of COVID. You know, people got rid of the physical symptoms of COVID, and many people suffer, suffer, suffer this long COVID. 
I am convinced that much of long COVID is software problem. It should not, one should not look for just to have physical drugs to heal them. One should work on the software. I think homeopathy people are already doing that. This uh, Katya that I mentioned, she applies homeopathy to uh, in the aftermath of COVID with much success. So in fact, the alternative medicine should always routinely be applied after an allopathic cure has taken place. These two systems should work together. And finally, the one thing I want to mention, which is also a major focus of Valentina, who authored the book, is that now we have a theory of medicine. So we should use medicine. We can now use medicine as a preventive rather than as a disease-oriented system. People go to doctors only when they have a disease. They should give that up. Instead, people should go to doctor. They should put on themselves under medical supervision so that they can keep on being well all the time. And we can increase their wellness but using the, by using this quantum idea of healing all the five bodies, part of providing nutrition, not just for the physical body, but also the softwares of all the bodies. Yeah, and I mean, one of the things I so enjoy about you is your obvious joy and the fun you're having with all of these ideas in your own life. And that's infectious. And that's just evident in the way you approach these topics, the way you share them with other people, and the way you live. So thank you so much for being you. Thank you for these magnificent ideas. Thank you for this powerful book. And thank you for your remarkable work. I'm so grateful to you for being on High Energy Health, being the person you are and sharing the ideas that you share. Thank you, Dustin, for having me. And thank you, everyone, for tuning in. Thank you for caring enough about your own health and well-being to spend an hour sharing with me and Amit and then affirming all of these positive possibilities of your own consciousness. You've been making notes. You can then see about applying these in your life and seeing how they can shift your well-being by tweaking that software that Amit referred to. Till next time, be healthy, be happy. Thank you so much. I'll see you in a week. All the best. Till then. 